0: With us today, Daniel Stone, the author of Sinkable. That's Obsession, the Deep Sea, and the Shipwreck of the Titanic. And we should mention that Daniel is a former staff writer of the National Geographic, former White House correspondent for Newsweek and the Daily Beast. And Daniel, first question for you What, another book about the Titanic? Come on.
1: (laughs) A lot of people have said that, including uh, Walter Lord, who wrote the seminal account of the Titanic in the 1950s. And yet there's always new details. I I particularly have have wondered why the Titanic in the first place? Why is this shipwreck the most famous of all shipwrecks? And it took me years, but I finally think I figured it out.
0: And what? Why, why is it? Uh, is it it's, the, the rich, the rich people were on it or
1: what? No, you know, there were a lot of ships before the Titanic that were built big, biggest ships in the world. There were a lot of ships that ferried rich people and rich passengers. And there were dozens of ships that hit icebergs before the Titanic. But what's different about the Titanic is that uh, it's a weird quirk of math of numbers. 1500 people died, but 700 people lived. And Uh those 700 people were mostly young women and children who lived another 50 to 60 years telling and retelling the details and the story of that night. And that storytelling kept that story alive long enough for it to be made into films and books and TV specials, museum exhibits, even musical theater that kept (laughs) reintroducing and reinventing the story for new generations.
0: And of course, the other thing now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking, and they all went right to New York, yeah, which you know the the you know media capital of the world, then and now, I guess, so yeah, those stories kept kept rolling, um, yeah but, but now, your book, so Titanic occupies a big place in it, and you go you spin around it, but you talk about wrecks of all kinds, um, I think one of the things that that I found interesting there is what more people have died in the sea than are going to be killed by a car is that, is yeah. that right
1: oh That's yeah amazing. more people have died on boats than ever will in car accidents i mean amazing you have to think that that this is how people traveled and goods traveled it was the only way for thousands of years uh and most of those years were really dangerous years i mean mm-hmm. people would set off on boats that were kind of poorly made they would sail over the horizon they wouldn't really know where they're going the sea would be really rough and most often they'd wreck Um, and that was really the case until you found big advances in shipwreck technology and that's that's
0: another thing that that your book covers we're talking with daniel stone author of sinkable um and that's you can find and they're being found all the time um these wrecks these shipwrecks that uh, I think you mentioned what Ernest Shackleton's uh, ship, the Endurance, is. It was that the um, I can't remember is North North Pole.
1: No, South, South Pole, Pole. Um, South Antarctica. Pole. That yeah. was earlier this year. That was right. one of the famous Holy Grails waiting to be found. There are still many, many more. Some of which are still carrying hundreds of millions of dollars of gold and silver and diamonds <clears throat> that are still waiting to be found. <laughs>
0: there. Yeah, people listening to this are going to be going. All right, uh, now where do I go to find all these wrecks? Um, is there is there a an active um, sort of body of people that are it's out there scouring the seas nowadays? I'm thinking with new technology, uh, they might be able to find things.
1: Yeah, there are a number of professional salvage companies, and you really need to be a professional just because of the amount of investment it takes to to have a ship that's capable of combing the ocean floor and a lot of the kind of major technological equipment uh, required. But what I did hear from a lot of these professionals is that the way to get started is really something anyone could do. And it's really through research. A lot of these professionals, before they go out searching, they spend months, sometimes years, combing the historical record. They look at archives of how a ship was built, Uh, where it was sailed, how, you know, any eyewitness accounts of how it went down, they piece those together meticulously. And usually there's a clue, something that no one found before that leads them to a particular area or a particular, you know, outcrop of rocks. And that's when they take the boat out and start looking, but anyone could start from their house. And usually it's someone who has never heard about a wreck that finds the detail that opens up the search.
0: Do we find out? and i just thought of this daniel i don't know that i saw it anywhere in your book um but these big uh tank or these big ships now that carry all the stuff from china and all, all these uh package ships or whatever they call them um do they ever go down
1: do those ships ever go down they do a lot more than you think um according to a lot of the the companies that insure those big container ships as many of as two of those go down every month uh somewhere really? in the world that we never hear about. More often though, a lot of the containers fall off, right? These are ships that are loaded with thousands of containers very high up. It changes the balance and the ballast of the ship. And so sometimes, you know, these ships have thousands of containers and maybe a crew of like two dozen people. (laughs) And so containers go off and fall into the ocean. Sometimes no one even notices until they get to to their port. This is a growing and recurring problem, especially as ships get bigger and our appetite for global goods increases the capacity on a lot of these ships.
0: That's fascinating. We're talking with Daniel Stone, author of Sinkable. So now you, you mentioned we, we started by by talking about the Titanic, the most well-known and the, and the oft-repeated story of, of a wreck. What's, what comes to your mind is we're missing the boat, uh, pardon the pun, missing the boat on some other famous wrecks that that we perhaps would make good movies or good stories or what which ones come to mind maybe you had in your book
1: sure there are a couple one is called the ss warata and it's often considered australia's titanic and it launched in basically the same era it was built to carry you know almost the same number of people and it sank uh, around Cape Town, South Africa, in a historic kind of shipwreck graveyard um, just a couple years before the Titanic. Uh, both ships were considered unsinkable. A lot of researchers have made uh, trips to find it. It hasn't been found. It's one of these big, culturally important wrecks, not because it's carrying gold, but because uh, it, it matters a lot to a, a group of people. You know, one of the most valuable wrecks is called the Flore de la Mar, uh, that was a Portuguese ship sailing from portugal 's colonies in in India and Malaysia back to Portugal, carrying as much as two billion with a B dollars in gold and mm-hmm. it it sank around Sumatra today uh, in Indonesia, and no one has found it and a lot of people have looked a lot of people mm-hmm. have tried and uh it's it's somewhere around there but but no one 's found it yet
0: i'm wondering that the Australian a ship that went down. Is there an Australian movie we don't know about that they made uh-huh. for their Titanic?
1: That no, that it's never been made. Although I will say the Titanic, the actual Titanic, the story has been you know so widely adored. There's actually a man in uh, Australia named Clive Palmer who has tried to build a full scale sailable replica of the Titanic. Um, it hasn't quite gotten off the ground yet, so to speak. Uh, but there is a full-scale replica being built in China uh, at a resort in Western China that you can go and stay on and, and is the exact replica of the ship. People all over the world love this story. And, and it's really one of those timeless tales of kind of every human element, cowardice, bravery, you know, death, survival, uh, hubris, um, and, and and you know, all of it together into this great story that really resonates across every country and culture.
0: And, and you know, that's, I guess that's human nature or the nature of our, you know, I don't know, our, our culture. And that's when when something kind of absorbs all the light in the room, that becomes it. And Titanic is it. I mean, you say shipwreck, you say Titanic. I'm sure that's the, the word association game. People would say Titanic, you know, because that's all they ever hear.
1: Yeah, it is the north star of shipwrecks. I, can, I liken it to the effect that the Beatles had on rock and roll. Uh-huh. You know, the Titanic has had on, on shipwreck lore and shipwreck finding. A lot of current ship regulations, certainly about lifeboats, but a lot of other safety and navigation regulations really were the result of the Titanic. So the Titanic is an economy to itself. It is perennially and daily one of the top Google search terms worldwide. Every day um, and I think will be as long as the details of this wreck continue to really resonate with young people who grow up into older people and reinvent the story for a new generation over and over again
0: You, you were talking with Daniel Stone, uh, the author of sinkable, and and you mentioned um, you know w- what you thought of was the reason or what you've come up with, why that's been so widespread, and I think another reason. I mean, you just go back to Cameron's movie. It opens with, you know, them going down to the ocean floor and, and seeing the scattered remains of the Titanic. You know, so you don't have that with every ship, you know, the way they found it and actually extricated things from it. Have they taken things out or have they been, you know, not allowed to do that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's the Titanic itself will never be raised. I mean, there's not much to it. There's very little structure to yeah. it. But in terms of artifacts for, you know, starting in about 1986, after the shipwreck was found, companies have gone down, excavators and archeologists have pulled up thousands of artifacts that are now mostly housed in, in collections that, you know, go through museum exhibits all over the world. One of the biggest collections is actually um, housed in Atlanta, Georgia. And you could go and you know, field trips full of students can go and see the, the old books and the plates and the boots of, of passengers and, and really feel like they're touching a sense of history. And that alone reinvents this story in their mind uh, while writing this book. And, and now that it's come out, I hear almost daily that someone uh, and chiefly someone's grandson or granddaughter is obsessed with the Titanic. These are kids that are like seven or eight years old that only recently heard about it, and instantly they're enraptured. They love wow. this story. That's always been true.
0: I, I'm thinking as you're talking, uh, we're talking with Daniel Stone, um, about a, a CD I once had. I no longer do. I don't know what happened to it. But it was a uh, a collection of, of music that was played. Uh, not obviously the original stuff, but, you know, the the selection, some of the selections or all of them, I don't know how many, that the band played, you know, while the ship went down, you know, they kept playing. And, uh, you know, and it's like every aspect of this of this uh, voyage has been chronicled in one way or another.
1: Yeah, it never gets old. And and I think that's uniquely why, even when you know how the story ends and we all do, it's still (laughs) a fascinating story. I also think that's why you might remember in 1997 when the movie came out, I was a teenager at the time. But all of my friends, a hundred percent of them, we all went to see the movie repeatedly in the yeah. theaters—three, four, five, six times. It was like a three and a half hour movie, and you just could not get enough over and over. I think that's exactly why.
0: Yeah, the the, the amazing Titanic. Well, one last thing, Daniel, um, author of the the, the book *Sinkable um, Obsession*, is the obsession that is in your subtitle is that with the titanic as we've kind of related here or is that Uh, over c-rex in general
1: it's over rex in general but the real main character of my book is a guy named doug woolley who is still alive he's in his 80s in england and he devoted his life to finding and salvaging the titanic he's a very colorful character he is almost (laughs) an unbelievable persona who, who really claimed in the 60s and 70s and 80s that he was going to do it. I met up with him. He still believes he can do it. And he's really kind of a character profile in perseverance and tenacity, sometimes against all odds. He still believes it's possible.
0: <laughs> what, what does he think he's going to do with it? Just to showcase it or take it around on a on a show? Yeah. Or? He wants yeah. to raise it up
1: and put it in a museum for, um, for young people to come visit. And uh, he still believes it's possible. And he believes he's the guy to do it.
0: Daniel Stone, we thank you, and the book is once again sinkable. It's a fascinating study of of what's gone down and what's going down uh, again in our in our world and the water world that we live in. Daniel, thank you. So